Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Arts to Mom podcast. I'm Lauren Rose, and today's guest is Carrie Conrad. She's been on before on the episode entitled Assessing Your Life to Improve Chronic Illness. Carrie runs Beating Disaster, a program that educates and empowers women and children in prevention, protection, and defense. They provide focused and relevant online and in-person training, courses, coaching, and materials to quickly and conveniently get you and or your kids prepared to live safely in today's world. Their goal is to help you reduce the chances of you or your children ever being victimized or needing to defend yourselves or recover from trauma. Thank you for coming on. And that's what we're going to talk to, talk about today is keeping our kids safe. How are you? I am fantastic and very. I feel very honored and privileged to be here. Thank you for having me. I think it's just such an important topic. So, because I, I know I certainly want to know how to keep my 10-year-old safe and I'm sure most parents feel the same way and we just don't know exactly how to do that. So let's start kind of at, at a basic level with stranger danger, because that's what we kind of grew up with. What are your thoughts on the stranger danger methodology? Unfortunately, it doesn't work. It sounds really cute. You know, it's, yeah. it rolls off the tongue, but I am a stranger to your children. And if your children need help, I promise you I'll help, you know, so not every stranger is dangerous. Sometimes we need help from strangers, how it's not possible to go live your life and go places where there aren't strangers. Like it's just at some point in time, everybody's a stranger. So how do we know who I like to say, how do we know who's who in the zoo? I mean, I work with kids, right? So like, how do we know who's who? So rather than focusing on um, black and white comments like strangers are unsafe and um, our friends are safe, which you might have friends that aren't safe. And police officer, maybe police officers in general promote safety, but not every single police officer is safe. So we that's that's why the stranger danger doesn't work because we can't we can't do that to our kids because it's not it's not reality. So in, in teaching self-defense for over a decade, it's really clear to see the, you know, today's words are mental blocks. It's really easy to see the mental blocks, what prevents us from identifying danger and or what prevents us from defending ourselves from danger. And quite often we're not harmed by strangers. It's not like it doesn't happen. But most harm comes from people we know by their first name, and they're not strangers, and they're not safe. So, right, and that makes perfect sense too. So, my husband and I, and I are what we, what some people would consider to be overprotective of our ten-year-old daughter. But I'd rather be overprotective than regret something later. What are some ways we can keep our kids safe in general? So I relate, and I would say that I'm overprotective too. However, um, what overprotective, like the the degree, you know what I mean, is probably different. But I know that I cannot be with my child at all times. So if I am doing the protecting at all times, what happens when I'm not there? I know because I've never given my child the opportunity to handle a situation. So, you know, I want like this is a horrible saying, um, 
<laughs> the, the thing of like, you want to give them enough rope to hang themselves. You know what I mean? But like, I want to be there. I want to be there to catch my kid if they fall, but I need to let them fall. So giving your children space and room to make decisions on their own, because that's how I find out. That's how I find out what my little person is capable of. And I call my kids like little people because they're, they're my little people, you know? they are I I I want to remember that this child is growing and developing into a little people they're a little person they need to be an individual and my job is to help them become safe as an individual I can't be there at all times what's gonna happen if a stranger approaches my kid with a puppy when I'm not there if I'm always stepping in in between them, you know what I mean? Like if I don't allow, or do we have, oh, I'll, I'll stick with the puppy because that's, that's who doesn't love a puppy. I mean, even when you're learning about business marketing, they're like, use a puppy. You know what I mean? Like everybody's mm-hmm. a puppy. I don't care who you are. I mean, like maybe if you're allergic or a lot of people, it's a, it's great. It's a great attention getter is a cute puppy. And what does your kid do when they see a puppy? Do they go run up and go pet the puppy? Because most kids do. Most kids do. But my kids know we have rules. And, and it's it's consent too. So it's it's like big word, but like how it applies. My children know that in order to pet a puppy, they need permission from three places. First, they need permission from mom. Mom, can I go pet that puppy? Or can I go see if it's okay to pet the puppy? Yes or no. Because I get that first like, hey, that guy looks shady. I don't think so. Did you see the van? Let's not, you know. Um, but then after I give permission, then they go and get permission from the dog owner. Can I pet your puppy? Okay. And the, then they get to say yes or no. And then sometimes the dog owner will be like, of course you can pet my puppy. And they push their dog towards this kid and the dog is uncomfortable and obviously doesn't want to be pet. So we need to get permission from the pet too. Because even if mom says yes and the owner says yes, you can still get bit. Mm-hmm. It might be unsafe. So that's just one example of um, just like the prevention, right? Um, on how I can prevent a, a lot from happening. I'm preventing my kids from getting bit by a dog. I'm preventing the opportunity of nabbing my kid. There's a ton just in that. And I make sure that when there is a dog, I don't jump on my kids and tell them what to do. I observe them and see, and I let them go. I just see what happens. You know, and if I'm there and I'm watching and they're safe, maybe I'll just let it play out. And we have the conversation in the car because uh, that's a, another thing is like we there is stuff in the world that it's necessary to be afraid of. It's appropriate to be afraid of. Fear is a good thing. Crippling anxiety is not. That's a that's a liability. And if we're raising our kids with crippling anxiety, you know, I mean, like, sometimes that's the best that we can do, but it's really important that kids do know there are safe strangers. It is possible. There's plenty of people. Way more people are out there walking their dogs and they love their dogs to be pet and they love the kids loving their dog. That happens most always. 
it's the rare occasion that it's not safe. And it's important that our kids understand that it's a rare occasion. You know, things ha it's a rare occasion that it wouldn't be okay. Same thing with a stranger danger. On the rare occasion, a stranger is unsafe. On the rare occasion. So we're not running around in terror, but my kids need the opportunity to, to live, to mess up, to gain life experience, to have something that scared them happen. And then I get to, I get to help them process it and learn from it rather than I told you and you need to. And, and, and I'd like to be very clear. I do that to my kids sometimes, you know, I do it, but it's just not ideal. That's not the best, um, the best way for them to learn and grow and develop these skills themselves. So it sounds like you have a lot of teaching moments with your kids, a lot of conversations about situations, you know, after the fact or, or while it's going on, if necessary. Yeah. So I do a lot of preloading, which is the whole prepared aspect, right? So the, the concept is that if I am prepared, when something happens, it's not that big of a deal because I've already prepared for it. I already have a plan that I plan to use. And that's what we give to our children. And that can be done through, I mean, I do it with my kids through daily conversations and they're short and sweet and to the point because we're not going to talk our kids to death. They don't want to talk to mm -hmm. us that much. Okay. When they're younger, yes, that's great. But as they get older, the same process and the same information is is relayed differently so there's conversations there's books there's books that have these values in it um there's books where the characters do everything wrong those are great books the kids love you know kids love to be like hey you're not supposed to do that that's not safe that's not right and then you know there's just different types of books there's movies movies that you're already watching with your kids you've already seen it you know, we talk about the um, the principles and the like, at what point in time do we have control? At what point in time can we turn left? At what point in time could we change a situation? At what point in time could we prevent it? What would you do to if you found yourself in that situation? Those types of things are are conversations. And again, it's really important that the tone of these conversations are just casual what if questions. And it's not like, what if somebody grabbed you and threw you in the van? That's a bit, that's a bit scary. You know what I mean? But it's like, what would you do if a, if a stranger invited you to go with them? You know, like we can like take it back. So our kids have like these preloaded triggers because that's what we're doing. We're, that's a, we plant triggers. They have triggers where they're at a place where they, they make a decision to either go left or to go right. So I want to plant those triggers to give them more freedom, more, more, more power. I want to give my kids more power, mm. you know? So it's, it, it's very much integrated into life. And it's really simple when you know what, you know, when you, when you make it a priority and when you have, you know, the right information or good information. Yeah, we have a lot of those conversations too, whether it's we pause the TV during a situation, you know, that's happening on screen to have a conversation or, you know, after the fact, or just sometimes just in, in general. And, you know, my daughter, she's, she's pretty good at, at 
I think she's she's pretty good at knowing, you know, what the right thing to do is. I, I, I my only fear with her is she thinks she's invincible sometimes. Mm -hmm. So like she thinks she's just gonna fight off whoever's doing something. She's like, I'm just gonna fight them. I could fight them. I can do blah blah blah. And I'm like, baby, you're you're pretty you're pretty small. I don't know that you can fight off a, a grown man, but you know so. But we we have taught her that most people are nice. The problem is we don't know which ones aren't nice. We do. That is inside every person. We're just not honest with ourselves about it because everybody loves them. I'm uncomfortable around them, but everybody loves them. I need to chill out. I need to cut them some stuff. <laughs> you know, like, and that's that's what's really important is like helping our children to rely on themselves because a person may be safe for me. They're not a threat to me, right? Mm -hmm. But they might be a threat to my child. So, and, and I'm, honestly, I, I probably shouldn't use me because of the fact that I'm a mother and I have maternal instincts and I don't want to discredit fathers, but it's more likely a father doesn't have any reason to be concerned. A father doesn't notice, but yet the child goes, hey, I'm uncomfortable around, you know, I hate throwing names out there because there's always somebody named some name, you know, but like, yeah around Joe okay and then dad generally says oh he's a friend of the family we've known Joe forever Joe's great you know to be respectful don't don't say stuff like that that's not very nice it's it's nobody means anything by it but that's where it's like I want my kids to know their power because even if alarm bells don't go off for me it does for them it does for them so that's why, like, don't don't be alone with somebody you're uncomfortable with. Don't allow your children to be alone with somebody they're uncomfortable with. You know, we want to honor. We want to honor that discomfort, whatever it is and whatever it means. It doesn't mean we're mean to that person. We don't have to be. It doesn't mean we leave. Depending, I mean, it could be a family situation. You can be safe with an unsafe person present in a group, you know, at a family function. You just don't, just don't be alone. Don't get me wrong, we don't look for it or um, I don't know, like it's appropriate, like healthy fear is that alarm bell that is our saving grace. That's that I really want people to know that. And that's what all of this is all about is empowerment. You are way more equipped and have way more power then you acknowledge or realize or give yourself credit for. And so are and your kids are the same way. Your kids are the same. Yeah, I completely agree that if our child isn't comfortable around somebody, we should definitely respect on that because there's a reason. And even if the kid doesn't know what the reason is, it's, it's still their feelings and we should honor their feelings and what they're comfortable with. And yeah, I've got a brother-in-law who's an unsafe person around children and around you know, females, if they're alone with him, but, you know, we make sure that that doesn't happen. That, yeah. You know, even though once in a while we have to be around him, luckily not very often, um, we make, we make sure to tell our daughter, you know, don't go near him. You know, don't, you know, if, if he tries to hug you, just give him a high five, just kind of stay away, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, that, that did scare her a little bit when we first went over there. I mean, that, that did, I mean, she was snuggled up to us, afraid to, to do anything for a while. 
and we assured her that there were multiple adults in that room that were that were looking out and you know we had to assure her she was going to be fine but that was definitely a hard situation and you know another case I had a situation when I was in my teens with a cousin and and that was completely unexpected so yeah he he might be safe for other people but turns out he wasn't safe for me in that situation though I guess because it's personal I've chosen not to not to be around him at all ever again because that's just too close and, and and too difficult but let's definitely honor our kids I agree if if they feel uncomfortable it's just it's just a really hard line I guess between a health giving our kids a healthy fear and giving them that anxiety that crippling anxiety that you were talking about earlier well we don't have to give them the fear they have it do you know what Mm -hmm. i like that's that that's that intuition that's that gut instinct that's that discomfort disease stomach ache you know they have that um so Rather than telling my kids, I ask my kids, and that's what allows them to have their own experience. So when my children say, "Ah, yeah, I don't think I like him and I don't know why, and I do, you know what I mean? I might know. And I go, I hear you, and that's your body telling you that that's just probably not somebody that you want to spend time with, you know? There's a bunch of other people like it. And I really, I really love how you um, encourage them to give them a high five because we are so, we are so, like I said, there's, there's fear, which is healthy. Okay. And then there's terror, which is blinding. When I am in terror, I don't know. I'm not like aware of that healthy fear. So by acknowledging that there is something about this that may or may not be unsafe. That person has potential to be unsafe. A person is not unsafe all around the clock year round. They're, you know what I mean? They do take a break. Mm-hmm. So there might be moments where you are not in danger, even though that person has is capable, okay? So mm-hmm. give that person a high five. Like one, that's empowering your child. That's empowering your child to say, I can be safe. I can take, I can, I'm good. I am okay. It is okay. And I am okay. Now the deal is, is like, that's when you, you know, just say, Hey, when you, if, and when you need to go to the bathroom, let me know. You know what I mean? Like, don't, it's, it's the, it's the hallways, it's the corners. It's the, you know what I mean? That's, that's where we don't, you know, um, you know, and on that, just because we're here, um, just allowing children to be unruly and disrespectful and inappropriate if and when they need to, you know, like, um, um, because if they, if somebody does find themselves in a corner or a, a dark space, you know what I mean? Like we teach our kids to be respectful and behave so well. And, and sometimes it's just not safe to, you know what I mean? It's not, sometimes it's appropriate to, to misbehave and, um, I'll, I'll give this, this is like one of the things from um, our, uh, we have like a prepared kids series where we read books with, I read books with kids and like plant stuff. Um, And then there's prepared children where you learn how to do it yourself. Um, But we constantly like, I'll, I'll show kids pictures of like biting, hitting, kicking, right? So we show a picture and we go, is it okay to bite? No. All the kids are like, oh, you know, like, no, it's not okay to bite. However, 
we can do anything that we need to in order to be safe. You know, and then it's like later on, you have a kid kicking somebody in the shins. Is it okay to kick people? No, it's not okay to kick people. And that's like the message is like, no, it's not okay to kick. And then also a disclaimer. And I tell this to the parents who put their kids in this or do this with them. Heads up, your 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 kid's going to try it out and somebody's getting kicked in the shins. Just so you know, it's a process. So, you know, like one, you know, I don't know if you want to wear shin guards or whatever, but be be prepared because we teach our children these things and they, they need to try them to know they work. You know, that's a part of the process. But then, but then we empower our children with this like, man, you know, I can make good choices. I can be, I can, you know, like I can do all these things. And then, you know, and it's like, I don't know. I just really enjoy. I mean, I do a lot with, with what I do for work, but I really enjoy um, the light in kids' eyes when they see what they're capable of and the things that they can do. Or like uh, the first time um, one of my kids would like yell stop at a stranger. It's like highly inappropriate. You're like at a store and this kid's screaming stop at somebody. And you're like, what is, you know, and it's just like the, the power that that kid has because they just made a scene and that stranger freaked out and left you know and they don't do that to everybody they don't do that my kids talk to strangers all the time but when they're uncomfortable when they're uncomfortable they have a plan that they plan to use and I've seen all of my kids do it and it just it just fills me with joy because they they're empowered they're empowered they you know what about like carrying around pepper spray or a weapon? Do you think that's necessary in our world? You know, there's a, that's a personal choice. Okay. If you feel more safe carrying pepper spray, absolutely. I know your daughter's 10. Awesome. If your kid is two, pepper spray may not be the best because like <laughs> they love buttons. They love buttons. And what do you know that button? It comes in red and it might be childproof, but what childproof really means is, is if you're in a dangerous situation and you go to use it, you're going to have trouble using it. But I promise you, your two-year-old will use it just fine. And then your beach day turns into, oh my gosh. So weapons, same thing with weapons. If you, if, if I support mothers to do whatever they need and want to do in order to feel safe and comfortable, confident and prepared. And if that means a weapon and pepper sprays and a black belt, do it. Awesome. I support you. However, you know, like um, anything that makes you feel more confident will give us the courage to speak up when maybe we wouldn't before. And if that, if you, if you're more likely to speak up because you have pepper spray on you, then grab, carry some pepper spray for sure. That makes sense. What about trying to get somebody to come in our home and babysit our kids? How do we choose a safe babysitter? That's actually um, a process. So everybody gets to do what they want and people are like, oh, I'm going to go get a nanny cam. And if you want a nanny cam, you should probably get a new, if you think you need a nanny cam, you should probably get a new nanny. You know what I mean? That's that, <laughs> that's that internal guide we were talking about. I'm not anti nanny cam, but we intuitively know who is safe and unsafe. 
you know, I have a babysitter and let me tell you, I know my kids are eating ice cream. I know they're breaking rules. They're probably watching things they shouldn't watch. And, and that's okay. She's safe. You know what I mean? Like that's Mm -hmm. not that big of a deal. Hooray for my kids. Good for them that they get to have a good time when mom's gone, you know, but, um, I recommend always getting a background check on any person that I'm going to leave with my children, you know, and if you're interviewing nannies, well, then you already know who the right one is. Um, You can know who the right one is by asking questions. What questions do you ask? Hard questions, you know, like, um, what do you do when kids are bad? What would you do if my kids um, weren't listening? Um, have you ever suspected a child was being abused? How did you handle that? Like we ask grown up questions and their answer, they may have never considered it before. They may have never thought about it. It's not so much about their answer as much as how we feel about their answer. It's just an opportunity for those alarm bells to go. I am not leaving my kid with that person. Um, you know, and today we're at a time where everybody, well, I, I shouldn't say that, but I see a lot of desperation for childcare and we lower the bar because we really need somebody to watch our kids so that we can do the things that we need to do. And, you know, I mean, uh, life is about risk. You get to pick where you take those risks just because you don't ask questions and don't get a background check. That doesn't mean that person's unsafe. It just means it's a risk. You know, by asking the questions and doing a background check, the the risk goes down immensely. Yeah, I think those are all, you know, great ideas and definitely honor your own feelings just as much as your child's about a a caretaker, because if they're not comfortable with them or you're not comfortable with them, then they're probably they're not the right one for you. Well, and I do want to say I have absolutely very happily um, hired babysitters that I don't particularly care for (laughs) because it's different. You know what I mean? I don't have to like them. You know what I mean? If they're safe, they're safe. If my kid enjoys them, that's more important to me than if I enjoy them because I'm not spending time with them. I get to pay them when I get home. You know what I mean? Ask them, like, ask them what they want to eat. That's, I, I don't, I don't need to like them. My, my kids, they're going to spend time with them. I want them to like them. Safety is all, safety is like my big, it's not negotiable. It's my number one. Oh, absolutely. It should be too. I can't think of anything that should be more important than safety. We rationalize and we just deny. We don't mean to. We don't do it on purpose. We're not like consciously and intentionally like, you know what? I'm going to take my safety. I'm going to set it aside and I'm going to risk a traumatic event that's going to change my life and the life of my family forever. We don't do that on purpose. You know, we just think, oh, I'm in a pinch. It'll be fine. The neighbors, this girl, I'm sure she's safe. You know, she babysits everybody else's kids. I don't know why. I'm sure it's fine. You know, and P.S., people who are unsafe are often very well-liked and well-loved. So being popular is not, that's not an indicator of safety. That's a really good point. It's unfortunate, but it's what it is. That's why it's very important You know, like things might not add up logically, but we know whether you, whether you can put your, whether you can pinpoint it or not, whether you can pinpoint why or not, you know, if it doesn't feel right, it's because it's not, you don't need to know why, just move on. 
That doesn't matter how affordable, how convenient, how, you know what I mean? It might line up in every other way. If it doesn't feel right, it's not. Move on. Just let it go. Even if you pay more, even if it's less convenient, even if, you know, and people get to live how they, how they need to live. I'm, I'm more sharing how I live and how, um, how you can live if you'd like to make safety not negotiable. Because nobody, nobody means for any of this to happen. Nobody does any of this on purpose. You know? Yeah. So our last topic is a, a, a tricky one, but I learned some things from your website. So I, I feel like we have to bring it up when we're talking about child safety and that's human trafficking. What does trafficking generally look like and how can we prevent our children from being victims? Oh, so there's a lot there. And I, I do like to point out, I'm not an expert on trafficking. Um, however, I do know that it's not what people think. There's um, moms that live in terror. They no longer enjoy their latte while shopping at Target because they're afraid that somebody's gonna nab them right in the aisle and or drug them in the bathroom and take them from there. And while that's not like 100% impossible because that's not how safety works, that's just not likely. It's just not likely. Again, not impossible. Nothing's impossible. It's it's just not common. It doesn't happen very often. It does it's not likely. However, um, you know, it, and I I try to be careful. We really want to look at our relationships because again, everybody's all worried about the stranger. Yeah, well, you know, trafficking is probably more likely to happen because your neighbor or because of a friend or because of your um, teenager's new boyfriend or your teenager's best friend. Um, it's a grooming process. It's not like, hey, you're nabbed and thrown in a van. Again, not impossible, just not, you know, it's just we more need to be looking out for for who we choose to trust who we choose to share our time, energy, space, and resources with. How do we feel about that person? Because like I said, we all have that internal guidance. We all have it. It might be drowned out. You might drown it out because you're not sleeping. You're not eating well. You're, you know, um, like self-care is really, really important if you want to be attuned to what's going on around you. But it's really about our relationships and looking at, how you feel in your relationships, what you allow in your relationships, you know, and I like, and getting to know people, we, it's like, uh, I'll talk about 10 year olds, because I have a 10 year old too, and it's just like such a sucky age, and uh, I mean, they're like beautiful little people that are growing and developing into, you know, young ladies or whatever, but they're just so susceptible, you know? And it's like, um, are we telling our girls how pretty they are? Because if we're not somebody else's, are we pointing out what is fantastic about our children? Because if we're not somebody else's, and if that type of attention is not normal to them, they will eat it up and follow it because every person needs and deserves that attention. And it's, I don't think like parent, parents don't do it on purpose. We're just busy. We're juggling more things than we're supposed to be doing. We say yes to everything. We're tired. We're overworked, you know, but 
if we are not investing in our kids, somebody else is, and we just don't know their motives. So if our, if our kids, if their cup isn't full, they're running around trying to fill up their cup. And people who victimize people know how to fill a cup. They know how to fill our kids' cup. So, you know, that's that's what I really want to do is make sure my kids' cup is full and um, and give my kids the skills and permission to um, tell people no, you know, and to choose relationships, say no to opportunities that might be really fun, but they don't feel right. Like, that's really hard. It's hard for me. I don't get out much. So when somebody says, hey, can I watch your kids so you can go on a date with your husband? I'm like, please and thank you. You know, like I'll, I will jump because I just, we just do so much. There's so much to do. There's so much to do, but our kids really, really need our time and attention and affection. Right. I took a, a parenting seminar one time and they talked about the two buckets that kids need. They need a power bucket. They need an attention bucket. They need a certain amount of power in their own lives and they need a certain amount of positive attention or else their behavior is not going to be great and their mental health is not going to be great. So I think those are really good points. And I also learned about this app from you called Traffic Cam. Tell us about that and why that's important. I thought that was really neat. Um, you know, I apologize. I'm not quite sure which one. Is that the one that takes pictures of hotel rooms? Yes. Yeah. So that's really cool. I actually um, know people involved in that, which is just amazing. It's so fun. Um, <laughs> It's just, you can, um, you can take pictures of your hotel room whenever you're traveling and submit it to um, be like inventoried or categorized or whatever, so that when there are um, times of like high trafficking, which by the way, if you know what you're looking for, it's really easy to find. Like, sadly, you can just find this stuff on Craigslist, you know, um, but you, you can look at a room and they can take the room and then go to their inventory and then find out what hotel, what location and go. And, and that's when we really can do stuff about trafficking. You know, that's that's how to really do stuff. I actually learned about another one, which I forgot about. I need to um, honestly, I need to write another blog article on it because it's similar, but it's different. And it had to do with like there is um an inventory of exploited children which is really horrible like they get like this content and what they do is because there's videos and pictures they take like a landmark out of the background and they put it in this inventory so if you want to if you can handle it I mean it's it's not for everybody you know what I mean it's like if you I just I just do what I do. And like I said, I focus on solutions. I know we talked about that before we started. I focus on solutions. I focus on all that's avoided. I focus on all the successes. I focus on the safety, um, you know, And uh, but going through this inventory, you can say, hey, that's the park by my house. And you can say, this is this park right here. And that allows people who are researching this stuff you know, looking to convict and um, like you can be really helpful in that way. And just, just knowing what a random item is, it helps them know. Because I mean, like when you have all this, it's like you don't know what year it's from. You don't know, you know what I mean? So 
Um, there's just a lot of really cool things out there that help people. Again, I really try to focus on the stuff that feels good um, because and the power. You know, you talk about tension and power, the two buckets. That's what I really, that's what we focus on because I don't need to tell you that trafficking's out there. We know. You might not know what it, it exactly like, but you understand, you know, um, same thing with stranger danger. I don't need to tell you that some strangers are dangerous. You know, we all know, we all know this stuff. We know horrible things happen, but what we don't hear about is how many successes are averted every single day and by children, children, children avert these horrible crises or children save their parents from horrible situations. Like we have tremendous power. If we focus on that and shit, like it grows. It grows and then we get to empower everybody around us that's watching us because it's just not the norm. You know, I think things are changing though. I think things are changing, but um, to speak up, say no and say no, thank you. and set boundaries. People are just, people notice because that's just, you know, uncomfortable and unusual. <laughs> right. So where can we find out more about you and, and your work? Um, very simply, just go to www.beatingdisaster.com. You'll find we do hands-on training, which is not like um, what we teach is, is stuff that allows you to be safe while not hurting the other person, which is really important to women because we just don't want to hurt people. And plus, you might need to use it on a, a chiropractor or a pastor or your friend's drunk husband. You just don't so we have tools willing to use also some moms need to use this stuff on their kids because their kids have untreated mental health or behavioral or or maybe they're just two and three and wild you know what I mean but um so we teach content that's appropriate to use on people that you know that you can feel good about we also have um, a, a mama bear membership that gives access to online courses so you can learn all this stuff. You have access and to-do lists and checklists and games. And we just take we just take all the confusion out of it. Just simple, straight to the point. It's for moms. That's why it's simple and straight to the point because we have things we need to do. So, and it'll really help to um, incorporate these daily safety topics into just everyday living and it improves connection and it and and help give your kids attention you know because I mean for some people it's like what do I do look at my kid like watch them in their dumb games they want to they want to play these stupid things I don't want to do I don't want to play their games like how can I connect with my kid I don't know you know there's some ideas in there and 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 appropriate for different ages and stages because what works with a two-year-old your 10-year-old might poo-poo it not that it, you know Right. Well, thank you so much for coming on again. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. I love this. I love, love, love this. And I love that people want to know about their power instead of what's all wrong and scary and bad about the world, you know? Yeah. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss any health, parenting, or life advice. For my freebie, 30 Ways to Relieve Pain Without Taking a Pill, Go to ithurtstomom.com slash tips. If you'd like to contact me, please email me at ithurtstomom at gmail.com. I wish everybody a blessed and pain-free day. Bye.